Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the O Show on iHeartRadio. This is a podcast that digs deep into the Ohio State football program and explores the best in college football every week of the season. Thanks for popping in and hanging out with us. My name is Paul James, and I am joined by former offensive coordinator at Kent State and Western Kentucky University, Coach A.J. Pratt. And Coach, you got to be proud of, uh, of Kent State and Western Kentucky, both in conference championships this weekend and both have an outstanding offense. One of the best offenses in their conferences. you got to be proud proud of these guys i a 12 years at one place a couple years at another i've got friends still both former players coaching at kent state and uh friends that care at, at those those fan bases but yeah the golden flashes uh playing in the mac championship wku playing in their championship so it's a big deal thanks for bringing that up yeah is there anything like rivalry weekend oh uh, it was fabulous i you know obviously we had a lot of heartbreaks, but it was fabulous. The, it was fun to see everything that went on that day, really, as a football fan. Well, you got Turkey Day, and then you got Thursday night football, and then you got Friday afternoon and Friday night football, and then you got the big games on Saturday. You got games on Sunday. You, you, you hate to have to give up football for Monday, but then we get to look forward to this championship week. Um it, it's the uh, most wonderful time of the year, Paul. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Absolutely. And before we dig into it, tell everybody what's going on at Nathan Heinzman State Farm. I know right now we're really concerned about where our money's going and inflation and everything like that. You can help. Paul, you, I, you teed it up for me. I just I, I figured I'd put hey, it right listen, there. Get, you just paid for those high-dollar turkeys, and now it's gifts and games and gas and groceries you keep taking a whipping like some teams did this past weekend. And you know what the good news is, is you can go to State Farm, Nathan Heinzman State Farm. It's one of the few places, Paul, that you can go help your budget. So why wouldn't you do that? you got nothing to lose. Call 740-914-8182, and let's get into championship football. Well, let's start uh, talking about the game. And... Uh, everybody's had a few days to to kind of get it under their belt. Of course, the basketball team upsets Duke on uh, on Tuesday night, so maybe that helped a little bit, or or you start to understand a little bit more. But but coach, watching that football game from from the opening kick, Ohio State just seemed to be outmanned from the beginning of that football game. The Wolverines came in; they wanted to win. They had a will. They were tough. And and they got the job done. And as a football fan, you got to appreciate what they did on the football field, even though it was with your beloved Buckeyes, right? Paul, you know, I, I watch a lot of football. My wife will say way too much football. <laughs> I talk to people all over the country, and I talk to people in these leagues. And I told you more adamantly off air, especially with the majority of our listeners being Buckeye fans, right. Michigan continued to pass the eye test for me all year. But when I had coaches in the league that had played them and the Buckeyes telling me those are the two best teams, the two best coach teams, but Michigan is for real. 
So, uh, and and I talked to some fans in the community. They'll say, hey, Coach, what do you think is going to happen this weekend? And I said, well, here's the matchup issues. Here, No, no. Buckeyes in the round. There's no – I mean, seriously, and I'm not going to argue with them. I'm saying, sure. hey, okay. But th- there was so much pointing towards the outcome of that game in, in hindsight if you didn't see it coming. But the biggest thing is, Paul, in my opinion – well, first of all, it's at the big house. The Buckeyes had not faced crowd noise. We talked about that last week. Right. It was an issue. But honestly, I think the biggest issue, other than them just being a good football team, we talked about this on last week's show, 75 freshmen and sophomores on the Buckeyes team that had never played in the game. Mm-hmm. The other side had a bunch of juniors and seniors that had got embarrassed. So you've got older, more mature people that understand that game that are bitter, mad, and do I really want to leave this institution and not ever say we won a single game against the Buckeyes? And law of averages played in, the weather, the matchups that we talked about could be advantageous for Michigan. But let, let's say what it is. We don't have to spend much time on this game. There are a few things I want to point out, very few. This was an ass-whipping. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, from top to bottom. It was a physical whipping. And they and, and and where the whipping was was Ohio State's offensive line getting whipped by the front four. Aiden Hutchinson, I'll take him on my team. He's special. No Jabos, pretty good too. Yeah. But it, then on the other side, which was really the biggest whipping of the game, was the Buckeyes front seven against the Michigan offensive front seven with those big tight ends that they play. And they mash. I had not seen that much A-gap to A-gap, B-gap to B-gap runs for the yardage they were getting against. I mean, it, it, it was amazing. Like, how in the heck does this keep happening? But you go back and watch the game. They get a push. They sustain. They finish. And, and Hassan Haskins, man, I mean, and, and one thing to maybe take a little sting out of this game, eventually it had to happen. Mm-hmm. And the rivalry needed it. I agree 100%. I've told people for years, it's not a rivalry if you win every year. It's just a football game. And we talked about last week what what Jim Trestle started the day he announced on that floor about Michigan and what how Ohio State has dominated. One of the biggest college football game of the year is uh, quite remarkable, but eventually it had to happen. And you had a bunch of guys up there that said, enough's enough. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, people were texting me going, you got to be ticked off. I'm like, no, I'm watching a really, really good football team beating the living daylights out of another really good football team who didn't show up to play football today. And I said, this is what this is all about. And that's the way I looked at it. I'm, I've been in enough press boxes over the years where you can't get emotional games. I think it probably helps. But, yeah, I mean – it was straight up. I mean, my golly, that defense was exposed. I mean, it was nasty. It was. It, and and I, you know how I am about protecting coaches. Mm-hmm. You're going to see some changes. I, 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 You have to believe that. But here's what I'll say. This offense, this game without some ridiculous circus-like catches by those special wide receivers, right. the game's not as close as it was. Right. Okay. But if I told you before the game, last week when we did the show, hey, Paul, Ohio State's going to run 21 more plays than Michigan. 
and they're not going to turn the ball over, so they're actually going to be Michigan's going to be minus one in turnovers. I may have lost the title to my house mm-hmm. because I'm saying, well, how does Michigan do it? So here's how. Real quick, Ohio State rushing, 30 carries for 64 yards. Michigan, 41 carries for 297. So we'll call it <laughs> falling down from 300. Yeah. Hassan Haskins, five touchdowns, a remarkable performance that'll go down in the legends of Michigan football. Most ever, yeah. Then you've got the defensive negative plays. The Ohio State defense caused zero negative plays. Zero sacks, zero tackle for loss. So they are ahead of the change and on schedule the entire football game. Not most of the game, the entire game. Then you look. On the other side, Michigan's got four sacks. Get after. Yeah, they went C. after C.J. Stroud. With four guys most of the time yeah, and eight tackles for loss. So they create 12 negative plays. What does that do? That gets the Buckeyes off schedule. Third and long, more pressure on Stroud and those receivers and the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo, they get after Stroud. Then we look at penalties. We talked about crowd noise. Yeah. The Buckeyes had 10 costly, untimely penalties. They weren't big ones. That They were just ones that get us five yards further from a first down. Michigan, two of two penalties for 20 yards. <clears throat> the Buckeyes threw for 394. So people say, well, how can you say this? Well, first of all, there were three or four circus huge catches yeah. by great players for the Buckeyes. But I was sh- – truly surprised at how much man coverage Michigan played in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hadn't seen that much man coverage all year, but what that did is almost every single ball was contested. Uh, and, and to do that, that much man coverage, and not give up those big home run plays we see week after week after week from those guys for Ohio State on the perimeter, to do that and contest balls, it took away the explosion plays. It was the front of Michigan that allowed that to happen as well. So uh, we can put this game to bed, which most Buckeye fans want to. Absolutely. I have one more thing I want to bring up because you you were an offensive guy. I mean, you you did it all. You coached everything out there. But um, Gaddis comes out, offensive coordinator at Michigan, comes out and says that – and I don't know if this is true or not. This, I guess, is my question. He said all season long we looked at Ohio State and said it's a really good football team, but it's a finesse football team. And we're going to beat them because we're going to be a tough football team. Tough beat finesse. And that's what we did. Do you agree with that? 100%. Okay. 100%. My Ernie Adams and I were texting during the game, and that's exactly what our word – I swear, I didn't even know Coach Gaddis said uh, that. He did that, uh, I think, Tuesday in press conference, yeah. Is that That's what I saw – and he wasn't being funny. He wasn't being you – know, he was straight up. He said Ohio State was a finesse football team, and we beat them by being tough. When Jim Harbaugh was rolling at Stanford and even somewhat with the 49ers, they were a pound-you-in-the-mouth physical football team. Mm-hmm. His, his thing was because our coaches that were at Western brought it from Stanford. We're going to be a bully. Mm-hmm. We're going to be a bully. And you don't have to be a bully – the, the number one, number two teams have the most similar game play of style in college football. Mm-hmm. Both teams try to be a bully. The Buckeyes just, you know, and, and finesse doesn't have to mean you're soft, but it's 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 a different style of game. Right. And it caught up with them, obviously, on Saturday. Uh, I, you know, it's over. Um, 
we're going to see what bowl game we're in. Everybody's talking about the Rose Bowl with Oregon, but nothing matters until we see what happens Friday night and Saturday in the championship games. And then Sunday, we'll find out where we're at. The good news is the Bucks got a great bowl game. The Bucks had a heck of a season, and there's a good chance they're going to win that bowl game. And then they get to face what our next topic is, and that's Notre Dame who now has a brand-new football coach who used to be a linebacker at Ohio State. I don't, is, it, is it signed yet? Is it done? Everybody says that I, I don't Marcus know. Freeman is the new head coach at Notre <laughs> Dame. But I, I, I've seen it from a lot of the, the high-end pundits have said that it's a done deal. But I've not actually seen that they've had the, the press conference. But may, maybe it is. So Marcus Freeman, the new head coach at, at Notre Dame, gets to open up against Ohio State. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, Paul. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't know when people are listening to this. That you already may know that he is the head coach. Um, we knew he was. Go- We've said it the last few weeks. He's going to be a head coach. Didn't know he's going to be the head coach at Notre Dame. I don't think he did year. three days ago. Yeah. <laughs> and may, we'll, we'll see what happens. But that surprises me a little bit. I'm trying to do the history of my mind. The last time Notre Dame had a head coach that had never been a head coach in college before. Yeah, I think he's only 36, 37 years old, maybe less than that. I think it was Jerry Faust. Yeah. I mean. From Moeller. Yeah. Yeah, and very rarely do you see the Blue Bloods hire coordinators that have never been head coaches, but right. we just saw Virginia Tech do the same thing. But, uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. And I, I know you wanted to, you had a question because of all this movement about long-term extensions. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you know the week before – uh, we see the long, the long-term extension for Mel Tucker at Michigan State, uh, James Franklin at Penn State. We're talking ten years, ninety-five million dollars, kind of, kind of money. And why did they do all that last week? And how important is that? I mean, we know the early signing thing. We know all the players were going to go in the portal on Monday if they didn't, you know, wherever they were at. In this, we knew all that was going to happen. But why all those long-term deals last week before the? Uh, the rivalry games. Listen, if if I'm still in it, I'm probably not saying this because you have to you have to accept it. It is what it is. But a lot of this stuff that you've got noted here, Paul, is not good for the game of college football. Mm-hmm. And I, I have some friends that are coaches listening right now. Probably say I disagree. I'm not for the portal. I don't know much about. I I, I know guys that have worked with Coach Tucker, and I've heard good things. But in, in sales, it's called fear of loss. Right. You sign a guy to nearly a $100 million contract for 10 years after two seasons, a COVID season and this year. Now, they, they've done a great job. He should be up for coach of the year. Absolutely. But to sustain or know what you're getting in long – there's been no long-term stay. Like, I, I, I kind of understand LSU fan base, some being upset. with Brian Kelly has won everywhere and has been a Notre Dame for 12 years. Mm-hmm. And one, that place is on as solid footing as it's been in decades, two decades, easy. He did the same thing in Cincinnati. Yes. So these long-term contracts, now, at Penn State, they know what they got. Obviously, the, 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 they believe enough in Coach Franklin that, hey, you've done a good job here. There's been some things up and down that people get upset about. But the commodity is, but still – the commitment of 10 years and that much money, and we're going to get to that part here in a second because I know you got a couple other questions, but, uh, yeah, th- that surprises me. And I, I know your next question on Notre Dame before we moved on was going to be about Brian Kelly and his players. Absolutely. I mean, how, how, do, you, how do you sit in the shadow of the CFP 
And I don't know if Notre Dame gets in, you know, on Sunday, if he's the coach or not the coach. But how do you sit there with just a couple of upsets Saturday away from being the possibility of winning the national championship with a team that you've been with for not just this year, but years and through COVID and everything like that. How do you just simply get up on Monday morning and go, you know what, guys, you're on your own. I'm, I'm going down to LSU. It's been fun. It's been real. To me, that isn't right. And I, I get two weeks. I know in two weeks, the early signing period is happening. I get that. You got to have a coach to get your sign. I get all that. But man, it just seems like a classless move to me. Well, I, I know we got to get moving on this, and so I'll, I'll make this quick. Look, there's parts of the profession I didn't like that were a little bit of motivation for me to get out. Right. I mean, coaches preach culture and commitment. Culture, commitment. And then the coach is chasing the, the, the next job. Right. Now, I, I'm sure Brian Kelly had zero hopes that it would get out before he could tell his players himself. But it's the world we live in, so you you knew there was a chance. Mm -hmm. Now, if I'm a player, i got to be honest with you, and I'm not saying me personally, but I would understand, okay, you're leaving us and you want us to show up after we already know it's 7 in the morning to tell us what. I probably ain't going to that meeting. Right. But, you know, Coach Holtz mentored me, Paul, and he told me something in, in, in conversation once in terms of coaching because I talked to him about loyalty, right, and asked loyalty. And he said, AJ, the first year, you're learning about the institution and the staff and where you're even now working. The second year, you got to be good enough that once you've done that and made some contribution, you're making a serious contribution. Once you go into year three in loyalty, you got to do what's best for you and your family. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't totally agree with that, but I, I, I will say Coach Kelly was there for 12 years. It got out. That looks bad. I can understand why the players – and the administration said didn't see it coming. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it is it is what it is. And if Marcus Freeman is the next head coach at Notre Dame, I think that helps them over the next five weeks to have some cohesion to their program. Uh, and who knows? Uh, we're we're going to talk about these championship games. I feel like there's going to be some upsets on Saturday that are going to change who ends up playing in the CFP. So, But then you also have talk of Urban Meyer coming back. You've got Lincoln Riley going out to USC, taking a gigantic deal out there. And everybody's talking about Luke Fickle, who he just sits there as stoic as the day is long. He's Jim Tressel, and he just says, we're going to go out and win a football game this week. I, God bless Luke Fickle for for being the prodigy of Jim Tressel, right? Well, to close up, we're getting into the games. All these coaching changes. Um, I understand Lincoln Riley. How attractive is it to go play in the SEC West? We said on the show weeks ago, and there's no reason for anybody to believe it, but I've heard people say it, and I believe it. Southern Cal is a sleeping giant and possibly is the best job in college football with the new NIL rule. Could mm-hmm. be, potentially. Right. Um, all that money in L.A.? Think of all these quarterbacks like uh, the, the two front runners for the Heisman. Where are they from? Yeah. Keep them in California. And then you get that money pumped in, the celebrities. I mean, I, I, and, and what they offered? Go do some research because I've been told what they gave him. It's mm. it's <laughs> an offer that could not be refused. Yeah. But the coaching carousel, carousel, the transfer portal, the early signings, all this stuff absolutely has to do 
with all these changes and what we see and the firings and hirings. But, Paul, the money's out of control. Mm-hmm. It's been out of control. When I started coaching college football in 1998, I, I, I always knew the majority of the guys coaching were coaching not for money or ego because they loved to coach football. Mm-hmm. And they loved impacting young men. They loved the game and what the game means and what it does for young men. But as the money has increased the last decade, 15 years, I know there's motivations for other people to get involved with football and coaching isn't the number one priority. I just said it. That may piss some people off, but I believe it. And with that, all it change, money changes everything. You fire guys three games into the season. Head coaches fire coordinators a few games into the season. You're always chasing it, and you got staffs wondering. Because it used to be if the head coach got a job and he went to a bigger job, almost the entire staff went. It yeah. doesn't work that way anymore. So <clears throat> I will tell you, uh, and, and I've heard Coach Saban say it, and what he says, I believe in. Uh, he's spot on. A lot of these changes has not helped anybody but the blue bloods. Mm-hmm. The rich get richer. They can pay the most. They get the most. They're not going to worry about losing a transfer portal kids. They'll go get the ones that they need to compete at other positions. It is what it is. That's what they wanted. That's what they got. What I hear the other day, Bobby Bowden, the day he retired after all those national championships and all those players in the NFL was making $1 million a year when Bobby Bowden retired. Now they're making 10. <laughs> and, and they're signing for 10 years to do it. Coordinators are making year, more right? than that, right? Absolutely they are. Well, let's talk about uh, – well, let's talk a little bit about the CFP rankings. Were you surprised where we were at? I mean, so, so now we've got Georgia – We've got Michigan, we've got Alabama, we've got uh, Cincinnati, um, you know, and then you've got Notre Dame knocking on the door. You've got Oklahoma State knocking on the door. You feel good about where we're at with the CFP right now? I do. Um, And honestly, I may have had UC number three Mm because when we talk about this Iron Bowl game, I still can't believe how that – I don't know how that game ended up. I I agree with you. I think think it should be Georgia, Michigan. I think it should be Cincinnati and then Alabama. And I don't even know if Alabama should be in there. But I watched that Iron Bowl game. They didn't score a touchdown until the last minute of the game. To me, that's a problem. It could – but listen – they're 11-1, and one and their quality of wins compared to Cincinnati still are still much better. I understand. I, I do – one and two are clear to me. There's debate three, four, five. That's been my darling because he's going to talk about the pokes. Yeah. Oklahoma State, they just find a way, man. They're so good on defense. The quarterback can make plays. So I, I look at this, Paul. If chaos ensues this weekend, it ain't going to take much. I think it will. I really do. If if it if it happens, these games we're about to talk about, if Alabama gets beat, they're out. If Oklahoma State gets beat, UC gets beat. Hey, Houston's eleven and one. Yeah. Um then you've got <clears throat> here's my question. If Oklahoma State wins and Alabama wins. Is there any chance Oklahoma State, as a champion in the Big 12, bypasses UC? Don't know. Don't know. We don't know. I don't think so. But here's what happens. Is there a chance for the Buckeyes to get in? Maybe. Possibly. I think their concern, though, would have to be if Baylor beats Oklahoma State and they're the Big 12 champ. 
Well, my question is, if I mean, it, it can happen if you look at all the scenarios here. What if Oregon beats Utah this week? Would they jump the Buckeyes to get into the four if there's total destruction at the top? Yeah. So I guarantee you the committee is hoping for certain outcomes right? and thinking, oh, my God, if it, if, if it breaks free this weekend and we've got chaos on the first weekend in December, we could have a problem. I'm rooting for upsets. I'm telling you right now. Let's talk about last week's games. In the SEC, Georgia blows out Georgia Tech and Alabama beats Auburn 24-22. Now, you have to realize that the Alabama-Auburn score of 24-22 is not – that's not really the score of the game. Alabama didn't score a touchdown until the last minute of that game. I mean, obviously, Georgia blows out Georgia Tech, who isn't any good. But my gosh, Auburn should have beaten Alabama. There's, they should have won that game in regulation. Well, here's what happened. I go to my wife and daughter's basketball game. Yeah. And that's I got out of coaching, so I could do that stuff. So I'm sitting there, but I'm getting these like up-to-minute updates. I'm like, what is going on in this game? Because when I left the house, I'm thinking, they're in trouble. Yeah. So, look, get through this quick. Four OTs, yeah, it, it it looks to me. Well, when I find out the outcome and I go home and I start the game at halftime, I'm thinking, man, somebody's playing a prank on me. There is no way they're winning this game. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Game management, Paul. The kid gets pulled out of bounds. He doesn't go out of bounds. It's it's ball game because they ain't going 97 yards in 40 seconds. Right. So I think they get the ball back with a minute 27. But here's the thing going into the Georgia game this week. Alabama's O-line, they allow seven sacks, 11 tackles for loss. They got after Bryce Young. I hate to tell them they're getting ready to play the best defensive line in the country. Can they fix that in a week? I don't know. The targeting call, putting offensive players on the punt team. Jamison Williams, their biggest offensive threat, gets a targeting call, making a tackle on the punt team. He's out of the game in the second quarter. Huge deal. The 97-yard drive to tie in the fourth may – have been the game changer in the Heisman tro- Trophy vote. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. But Alabama non like Saban, 11 penalties, 129 yards. Alabama's defense was the difference. They totally shut down Auburn. It's the only reason they had a chance. Bottom line is they found a way to win the game, and they're 11-1 playing in the SEC championship. Yeah, let's talk about Cincinnati. They beat East Carolina 25-13. Actually, they dominated the game, even though they only won it by, by two scores. Um, Cincinnati played – played pretty good football well it ended up 35 13 35 13 but, but here's the thing paul it's 21 to 6 early in the fourth quarter ecu is attempting the field goal and it is a block scoop score suddenly it's 28 6 that's the play of the game this was do not underestimate ecu is a solid football team mm-hmm. it's on a friday on a holiday week on the road it's a short week. The Bearcats special teams and defense show up. Only thing I'm concerned about going into this Houston game is three turnovers in this past game. Ritter had two through two INTs for the Bearcats. I got you. Oregon uh, beats Oregon State 38-29. That could have easily been the other way. Well, yeah. It, it's 24-3 at half, and here comes yeah. Oregon State in the second half. To get through this game quickly, it's a bounce back to prepare for a rematch with Utah for the Ducks. 
against Utah. They could not run the ball. This week, quarterback Anthony Brown, 275 pass, 83 rush. The Oregon run game is back. They're impressive offensively on third down, 10 of 13, and they don't turn the ball over. Yeah, dives good. Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma in Bedlam 37-33. Man, that was a great football game. I loved every minute of that thing. (laughs) I'm getting all these texts, so I have to go back and watch this game in entirety knowing what – well, actually, no, I didn't. I get to see the end, and then I go back and watch the game. Yeah, because it didn't end until after 11, yeah. Bedlam was Bedlam. It was awesome. (laughs) Oklahoma State defense, um, nine second-half points. They allow zero in the fourth quarter. They showed up. Spencer Sanders, despite his two INTs, big plays late. It's 33-31 midway through the fourth, the Sooners. Key play of the game, a muffed punt by Oklahoma. Recovered inside the five. They go in to take a 37-31 lead and, and, and hold on. But, Paul, this was a tremendous football game and if you want to go do a little bit of research go find out one of the very few maybe three coaches with the most 10 game winning seasons in the last decade or decade plus it's mike gundy there you go that you that i i get why you like him i i'm a fan baylor beats texas tech in another good one 27 24 and that sets up oklahoma state and, Te- and baylor playing yeah, the rematch, and Texas Tech battled back. Baylor defense holds Texas Tech to three of eight on third down. They have the two two takeaways. Baylor is plus 15 minutes in time of possession, extending. Blake Shapin, back-to-back weeks now at quarterback for Baylor, has showed up. We don't know about Gary Bohannon's situation, if he's back with that hamstring injury, but another big week for the running game of Baylor. Abram Smith, who has showed up week after week for Baylor, 117 rushes on 30 carries. I think we're in for a dandy between Oklahoma. Very solid and well-coached football teams. Yeah, it should be fun. And Iowa beats the best three-win football team in the country in what's been Nebraska's season, 28-21 the final. And Nebraska just gets short every single game. Paul, it's like watch. it was like watching an auto accident. The body language on the fans, the players, the head coach, Coach Frost. It's 21-6 late in the third. Yeah. Iowa field goal. Iowa blocks a punt. Scoop touchdown. 21-16. Nebraska sacked for safety. 21-18. Iowa field goal. 21. And, and you knew before it got 21-21, I was winning this football game. Nebraska's losing yeah. this football game. Nebraska punt. Iowa drive. Big Tyler Goodson run. Touchdown. 28-21. Adrian Martinez entered the transfer portal yesterday. He was benched, did not play. Logan Smothers started and had a good game, running that triple option out of spread. Ends the game with a red zone INT. A tough ninth loss for the Huskers. And I was going to the championship. They're playing against Michigan. And they're doing that because Minnesota beats up on Wisconsin. And, I mean, even though that game was 23-13, Minnesota dominated that football game. Wisconsin with three second-half points, Paul. Yeah. Braylon Allen that we have – everybody has been singing praises. That's why we thought Wisconsin was going to be in that title game. Yeah. And Minnesota's been hurt, and they can't score points. But guess what? They found a way. 47 yards of rushing offense for Braylon Allen, 64 – or 62 total for the Badgers. Hey, P.J. Fleck and his staff found a way to scratch out eight wins with how what they faced with injuries, and they played good defense this game, and they've played good defense all year. They went through four running backs 
this season, and they're playing in a bowl game. So it, it, it's going to be fun. Coach, let's hit some of the quick hitters. Thursday night, Ole Miss and Mississippi State. That was an enjoyable game on Turkey Night. It was a, it was a good game. Hey, I'm seeing some positive changes in the Lane Kiffin and the things he says and does. Uh, you, you can tell he's enjoying coaching this football team. Ten wins for the first time ever in a regular season for Ole Miss, which is pretty cool. And I want to say they, they win the Egg Bowl, a rivalry game, but D.J. Durkin's defense has gotten better and better at the end of this year. I agree. And Texas wins a big one. They're still they're done. 22-17. They beat a good Kansas State team, though. Texas D showed up. They shut out K-State in the second half. Mm-hmm. Texas running back Roshan Johnston, a huge day with 179 yards. Texas finally did what they hadn't done in about two months. They finished. Yeah. Another good game, North Carolina State and Carolina. 34-30 was the final. That was enjoyable. Coach, uh, Paul, this was a classic. Yeah, it was a great game. And uh, my one of my friends uh, coaches their special teams. And what, what I saw at the end of the game, if you didn't see it, two minutes mm-hmm. after a pack kickoff return gives them great field possession uh, – they get a touchdown. NC State then onside, perfect recovers. It leads to a Devin Larry fourth touchdown pass, and then NC State to end the game intercepts a throw in the in the red zone to win it. This was a great, great game and a ninth win for the Wolfpack. Mac Brown said that's one of the best games he's ever been part of football game. Oh, it's great classic. It's just a, just a classic football game. Uh, Michigan State beats Penn State thirty to twenty seven, <laughs> and uh, I you know Penn State gave it all they had, but Michigan State's just powerful. The Snow Bowl. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I I, I would just say this: Penn State can't go and beat Michigan State rushing for sixty one yards. Uh, Sean Clifford actually played pretty well. They mm-hmm. they were in the snow pretty good in the past game. But Kenneth Walker, again, what a great year, 138 yards t- uh, rushing in the game. Uh, but Penn State was one less in turnovers in a close battle. But Michigan State gets to 10-2, and, and a 10-win season is a great year anywhere. People talk, get tired of uh, Kirk Herbstreet talking about Brent Venable's defense. They uh, they showed up Saturday night 30 30- to nothing, they shut out a good South Carolina team. Clemson's getting it figured out. Five straight wins, mm-hmm. seven out of eight. Let's remember one of their losses was 10-3 to three to start the college football season to Georgia. Team ran for 265 on a Gamecock defense that's been playing well. Will Shipley went for 128 of that. And as you said, Brent Venable's defense, 43 rushing yards and 206 total yards is all they give up with two takeaways. Um Clemson has has bounced back and they're playing good football. Yeah, they're going to get a good bowl game and they're going to be legit next next season. Be ready for that. Your flash is forty eight forty seven over Miami in overtime. Boy, that was a fun game. <laughs> Kent State has not played defense all year. There's been a staff change at coordinator, but they have played great offense there pretty much since the day Sean Lewis uh, arrived. Dustin Crum has had a great career at Kent State. Has another big day. A 48-47 overtime win, and we'll talk about their opponent, who they've got this week in the MAC championship. Congrats was, to the Flashes. When was the last time the Wildcats blew out Louisville? 52-21 the final. Well, they're on a roll, and those fans down there at Louisville ain't happy. Yeah. Um, 52-21, and it, it was at least that. Rough day. But, look, Mark Stoops, what he's done at Kentucky mm-hmm. should not be underappreciated. Another nine-game regular season in the SEC – at, let me tell you, it's a basketball school, if you didn't know that. Yeah. 
But Will Levis, four rushing touchdowns. This was a thumping defense for Kentucky shuts down quarterback Malik Cunningham. But that's uh, a big in-state win for the Wildcats. Hilltoppers play well, 53-21 over Marshall. Uh, Western Kentucky's offense is just really good. Well, Marshall's good on defense. Yeah. Um, Coach Lance Gidry, friend of mine, their defensive coordinator. And this game, Paul, it's uh, it's 14-6, I think, Marshall at half. But the Hilltoppers go for 47 second-half points. Bailey Zappi, four touchdown passes. Uh, they can score points in a hurry. One of the best quarterbacks in the country. Let's move on to the conference championships. And I told you when you first came in here, I really see three or four upsets this weekend. I really do. And I think at least one of them is going to change what everybody thinks today is going to be announced as the CFP on Sunday. I really do. I don't know if Iowa upsets Michigan. I don't know what happens with Georgia-Alabama. I mean, on paper, Georgia blows them out. But, Coach, there's some good ones. Let's start in the Big Ten, and let's talk about Michigan and Iowa. They haven't played each other this year. Uh, Iowa has good weeks and bad weeks. I mean, they were ranked number two at one point. Now Michigan's ranked number two. You know, how do you see that game going? Well, I had a friend that's a transplant from Ohio to uh, the Northeast, and he's he's a Buckeye fan. He's a Big Ten fan, so he wasn't happy with the outcome. And sure. um, he he asked, "Is can Iowa beat Michigan? Sure, they can. Every game we're getting ready to talk about, either team can win. Mm-hmm. I, I promise you. I believe Michigan wins because Iowa has struggled so mightily offensively, but they are good on defense." They've got a couple guys back that have been banged up. Michigan's just come off this high that they haven't felt in years. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an expect. When's the last time Michigan was expected to win the big game? Yeah, they're 11 point favorites. Uh, there's not going to be that crowd noise advantage like they had at home last week. I think Michigan wins the game, but there would be hardly. I will be a little bit, but not very surprised if Iowa pulls one out. I told my buddy on Tuesday. I look at this Wolverine team, and I go back to 2014 and see what the Buckeyes did and how they played. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. In the last several weeks and how they finished the season, and I really see this Michigan team playing their best football. They're, they're confident. They're tough. I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Iowa by three scores. I really wouldn't. That wouldn't surprise me either, Paul. Yeah. It really wouldn't. I just think firepower-wise, but the mighty turnover. Yeah, all right. And the mighty minds mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of 18- to 22-year-olds. First time in the conference championship for Michigan. I know that blows some people away. In the SEC, Alabama versus Georgia. On paper, Georgia's a blow, blow, blowout winner. But that's not how it works in the SEC. Well, and I got this. That first game's in Indy. Yeah. This game's in Atlanta. Yep. Alabama will travel okay. Little surprise, but the respect for for the Tide. It's a six and a half point favorite for Georgia, in Georgia. 
Paul, I have to believe Georgia wins this game because how the offensive line and lack of running game that Alabama's had. But remember, Alabama played possibly their best best defensive game of the, of the year last week to even give them a chance in that how you won it game. Yeah. So it, it it will be a battle, but Georgia could get away from them if if Alabama doesn't show up and protect their quarterback. Uh, another good one. Oklahoma State and Baylor, two very, very good football teams. Yeah, at AT and T. Yep. So we are in Texas, but we We're got playing a neutral in Jerryville. Side. Yep. Uh, Oklahoma State's a five and a half point favorite. I'm not going to say. Well, I've already said enough about these two teams. I think we're going to see a very, very good game, and either team can win. Coach, in the AAC, Cincinnati plays Houston. Do they have to win and get style points, or can they just beat Houston and still be in the conversation? Fly on the wall in that committee room, Paul. Yeah. I, I, I mean, if Oklahoma State goes out and torches Baylor, because they're right there behind them at five, do you right. keep them out? Um, is there enough quality wins be, beyond the Notre Dame win? I mean, it, it, Houston has done UC a favor by getting the 11-1 and one and 21st in the country. Right. Clayton Toon, quarterback Houston. Dana Holgerson's team has played well all year long. Cincinnati's 10 and a half point favorite i have to think unless something crazy happens if if they win this game i would hope the committee gives them a shot i, I hope so too i really do in the pac-12 oregon and utah the rematch from a couple weeks ago when utah just embarrassed the ducks yeah in vegas yeah in vegas so we got another neutral site yeah we got a rematch and utah took the ducks physically mm -hmm. to the woodshed we talked about that a couple weeks ago Oregon likes to run the football. Joe Moorhead's offense likes to run the football. This group at, at quarterback, they, Oregon has to find the run game. But, look, Utah's a two-and-a-half-point favorite, even though they're 17th-ranked and they're the 9-3 and three team compared to the 10th-ranked 10-2 and two team. Kyle Whittingham is one of the most um, unappreciated coaches. He's been there like 15, 16 years. Yeah. And his teams play hard. They play physical and they find ways to win, and they're they're playing their best football right now. First time they have an opportunity to win the Pac-12, Utah. I mean, things are changing in college football a little bit. This is this is fun to watch. A lot of folks going to be rooting for them. Let's move to the ACC. Another good one, Pittsburgh. Best team they've had since uh, since a, a no-name quarterback played for them. Uh, and Wake Forest. It should be a really good matchup. Both ten and two, fifteen and sixteen in Charlotte. It's the Kenny Pickett. Sam Hartman, two terrific 2021 college football quarterbacks have had great seasons. Pitt's actually three-point favorites. The question is, can Randy Bates, the defense coordinator, and Pat Narduzzi's defense find enough to slow down that explosive Wake Forest offense? If they can, I kind of side with Vegas and like the Panthers. Uh, Marino and TD are both going to watch that game in, uh, in anticipation. Oh, yeah, good call. Think about that. Think about it. That was the last time Pittsburgh won 10 games. Marino was their quarterback. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm sure Tony Dorsett's going to be locked in, too. Uh, in the MWC, San Diego State against Utah State. San Diego State is good. In Carson, California, two of the better coaching jobs in the country this year. What Brady Hoke has done at San Diego State, they're 11-1. and Their only loss is to a very good Fresno State football team. Mm -hmm. Utah State's won six out of seven in his first year. Blake Anderson has done a terrific job leaving Arkansas State to Utah State. They flipped that script there. They're 9-3. They've won six of seven. The only one that kind of sits there and worries me a little bit, 
This game is in Carson, California. The Wyoming surprise loss that Utah State had a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I got you. Kent State plays at Northern Illinois to see who wins the MAC. Uh, they play each other every year. They don't like each other much, and now they get to play in the championship. Well, I, I'm looking here. Kent State is seven and five. Northern Illinois is eight and four. Both six and two in the MAC. It's a close three and a half point spread. It's seventy four and a half over under. Wow. I'm calling a bookie. <laughs> that I don't have, and I'm going to take the over. (laughs) Oh, there's going to be some points scored in that one. Conference USA, the Hilltoppers, Western Kentucky takes on UTSA, and uh, UTSA is legit. They've already beaten the Hilltoppers. Well, here's the thing. We we thought we would have a 12-0 football team out of that conference. Yes. But there was a surprise. One of the biggest surprises last week was UTSA's loss to North Texas, Mm -hmm. and it was – 45-23, 45-23, and if I remember, that was at UTSA. Yeah. But this Western Kentucky offense, here's the Coach Helton has done a great job. They've had a, a, a good year at Western Kentucky. But this game is at the Alamo Dome mm-hmm. in San Antonio. But uh, games inside, I like the offense. This will be fun to watch. Yeah, you're going to see some fireworks. They're going to score some points. And then in the Sun Belt, another good one. Appy State and Louisiana, two very good football teams that are going to play in good bowl games next month. They go at it. Interesting things here in this game, Paul. Again, now this one's at Louisiana. Yes. So it's a home field advantage. It's at but Billy Napier is now the head football coach at the University of Florida. Um, the one loss that they have was to Texas mm-hmm. in a close one. Sean Clark, head coach at Appy State, they've done a great job, ten and two. But they lost forty-one to thirteen to Louisiana in season. The other only other loss was at Miami, second game of the year. The the deal to me is is what does the Appy State defense do against a dual threat Levi Lewis at quarterback and how much of distraction is it that their head coach is gone and what does that do to the staff and the and the focus of this football team I got it good point so these should be good they all get started tomorrow night and run through Saturday night and then of course Sunday we're going to wait in anticipation to find out what the CFP has to say find out where everybody plays in their bowl games and Pretty much get our holiday plans locked in. Coach, one last thing before we get off the air Paul, today. Do we, have, do we have 60 seconds? We have more than that. I, I, I just want to say, as I look at this top 25 in college football, the ACC has been a doormat in the media for a long time. They have four teams in the top 20. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, from a coach, I look at some of the coaching jobs that have been done this year in college football. Okay, and, and and those staffs, just as importantly as the head coach's name, the staffs, right. Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, Luke Fickle at UC, Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, Dave Aranda at Baylor. Then you look at what Mel Tucker's done at Michigan State in one year, Pat Narduzzi in that bunch, Dave Clawson at Wake Forest. I mean, when's the last time you talked about Pitt and Wake Forest playing for a championship I, in the ACC? I know. I already talked about Kyle Whittingham and what he's done at Utah. Dave Dorn, who was on the hot seat, and for them to win nine games. Brady Hoke winning 11 games. Dana Holgerson was on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. People thought this would be it. And that what that staff does is they find 11 wins. Sam Pittman being in the top 25, playing in the SEC West, the season that they've had, 
Mark Stoops, who just gets a long extension and what he's done at Lexington, and Billy Napier obviously getting the job at Florida. Uh, players win games, but coaching matters. To see some of the coaching jobs in college football, it, 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 it needs to be noted. All of those coaches have created a good, solid culture where they're at. Can't and win without it. That's that's not only good for college football, it's fantastic for all those young men that are playing football for them and the guys that are in those programs. I mean, they've built that structure. Look where they've gone since August to today. They've, they've done amazing things. No, Paul, very, very well said. And, and what's crazy is some of them I didn't say on the hot seat, half of those names are – a lot of their fan bases were expecting this to be it. Yeah. And uh, for, for them to fight the fight, it's hard to win football games and to do what they've done. Uh, all of those players and, and staffs of, and, of those teams deserve credit. Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, the Division Six State Championship, number 6 Coldwater 13-2 and two versus number 8 Carey 14-1. Carey winners of 14 games in a row. Their only loss week one to Hopewell Loudon by only a few points. That team got beat in the state semifinals of Division Seven last week. You asked me on the phone, does Carey have a chance? I think Kerry's got a hell of a chance, <laughs> and I, I'm excited. I mean, cold water is cold water. Three teams from the MAC are uh, three teams from that league are are playing in the seven state championship games this weekend, so they're good. But man, they they got to be excited in Kerry. Last time they had this chance was 1995. I wish good luck and good health to everybody, those players and staffs. That's one thing that I I never will be able to say. But to think you could go the rest of your life saying, I was a state champ. Yeah. So uh, we wish I could be in Northeast Ohio watching those. Coach Cusio wanted to know if I could go. Uh, girls high school basketball, my wife and daughter trumped that. But uh, good luck, and good luck to Kerry. Yeah, and uh, I know Kirk and Jimmy are fired up. We'll have that game for you. You can listen anywhere in the world on the free iHeartRadio app. Catch it on Magic 95.9. Kirk is juiced. <laughs> as well as... Coach wants to do a game with Kirk sometime, and we're going to work this out that, uh, that AJ Johnson. gets to do with our our own Gus Johnson. And, boy, his call on the interception to seal that game, I ran it as a promo this week. I'm sure you heard it if you listen to radio stations. Oh, I asked my buddy. He listened to it. I said, do you think he practiced that? He goes, he practiced that for 10 minutes because he knew there was going to be an INT in that game. Love the energy. I said he probably Love the did. energy. Good stuff. Coach, always a pleasure. Let's enjoy the championship games this weekend. One more plug for you. Uh, guys over at uh, Nathan Heinzman State Farm, how do they hook up with you? 740-914-8182. Come see us in Marion or Bucyrus. If you like your money, keep it. We can help you do that. And we're going to have a lot to talk about again next week. Thanks for joining us on The O Show on iHeartRadio. If you like what you hear, like and follow us here on the iHeartRadio app. You'll get a notification every time we post one. Also, find us on Facebook and uh, share this episode with your friends. We'd love for you to do that. We post every Thursday around 5 o'clock during the college football season. And I'm going to say it again. I've said it every week, even though we're not playing. Go Bucks. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.